educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, hello, friends. It's Tuesday, July 18th. I'm Doug Fitzgerald. Uh, different voice today, filling in for Dan, who's currently, well, I think he's, you know, having a great time overseas in Amsterdam, and well, then he's going to be heading to Ireland. He is just getting ready to fly to Chicago right now, so it's not oh, anything well, too not exciting even, yet. He could have done the show. <laughs> Dan. Or I think he might be in the air or just landing in Chicago, but yeah, it's nothing extravagant like what he's about to experience. Yeah, well, I'll be here for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully he'll be back when he thinks he is. If not, we'll cover for him. We'll take care of business. That's Johnny Cadillac, executive producer, taking care of things behind the scenes. Johnny, it's been a while since we've uh, worked together. Yeah, it's, it's been quite a long time, but uh, you and I have both been looking forward to this yeah, and right. uh, working together again for a fitztastic time hey. with Doug Fitzgerald. I knew he had, he had to have something planned there. Yep. All right, <laughs> fitztastic. I like that. We might have to trademark that one. All right, well, if you want to join the conversation, you're always welcome to call or text 402-479-1400. Uh, weather-wise, uh, man, we've had some great rain. It feels great outside. The smoke from Canada. Canada seeping down. I know it's causing some people some problems. The good thing about it is, I tell you what, on Sunday when the sun was going down, it was beautiful out. I mean, this, the horizon, the sunsets, and the sunrises. So, but be careful if uh, we had some air quality advisories. Uh, I think they're going through tonight. So we just want you to be careful of that. All right. Well, today is our weekly check-in of our elected officials to get an update on the issues that our community is uh, uh, wanting to be aware of and uh, that impacts us all here. Uh, joining us in the studio for his monthly check-in is Tom Beckius. He's the chair of the Lincoln City Council. And Tom, we just got to know each other, spent some uh, time before the show. Uh, welcome back to the show, but it's good to meet you in person. It's nice to meet you, Doug, and uh, I appreciate our little chat and uh, looking forward to uh, talking with you here today. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully some viewers might or some listeners may call in and yeah. ask some questions. And They're welcome to. Uh, you know, happy to talk about a whole host of, of topics. The city's Always busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. We were texting back and forth earlier, too, and like you said, there are a lot of things that we could talk about. Uh, we got a good half hour, well, 20 minutes here or so that we're going to dig into some things. Um, but first, we've got a connection to Albion. We just talked about, right? We do. Who I, doesn't I, have a connection I, I to know, Albion? I know, though the universe revolves around it. So I'm originally from Albion, about two and a half hours northwest of here, but you have a connection as well. Yeah, so uh, my business partner and I, we, we build houses, uh, residential uh, construction and he's originally from Albion his family's from Albion uh, his parents still live there he came to Lincoln to, uh, you know to go to the university like a lot of kids do uh, 10 years well further longer than 10 years ago now uh, <laughs> we won't say how old you are we, we won't gonna... say we won't say but uh, but yeah I mean it seems like you know that's the Nebraska story right it we, is. We, we all have connections to, to small towns and you know Lincoln you know gets to be that that great city that that brings a lot of people in for school, and some of them stick. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Albion, Nebraska, who doesn't love it? Well, and we're here, my wife and I, we raised our family here in Lincoln. And not only that, but my dad in Albion sold his farm and business. They moved out to Oregon for a while, but we moved them back about five years ago. So they're here now, too. So because Lincoln is a great place. That's right. And it's a great place to live. So let's jump into some of the um, some of the issues that you've been working on. I know you're currently in the middle of a budget process. I'm curious about that. How is that working? Um, what are our numbers looking like? Um, I'll ask you a couple more questions about maybe some of the biggest uh, light item numbers as well. But where are you at in that process? Yeah, so actually, you know, one thing to, to remember, uh, the city, unlike the county, the city does a two-year budget. So we actually did this upcoming 
year's budget last year. Uh, now, some of our projections have changed. Our sales tax have, has come mm-hmm. in a little bit higher. And of course, everyone knows about the property tax yep. valuations and, and how those are going to uh, line up with uh, a levy that we set. Um, but the vast, vast majority of our budget work was actually done last year when we did our biennial budget. Mm-hmm. But once again, we'll have adjustments here and there. You know, uh, we we're we're going through right now uh, a process of uh, pay increases for uh, for city staff. Uh, you know, most of those city staffers are going to be seeing a three percent pay increase. But as we know, with inflation, three percent is not right. um, not where it is anymore, right? Um, but those numbers are already baked into our budget, and so that's what we're moving forward with now. Some of our some of our folks, like our police. They're going to be seeing uh, higher uh, raises than three uh, percent because we know how valuable they are, and we need to make sure that we keep that department as fully staffed as we can. Right, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. How do you determine then? What's the process to go through to determine raises? I mean, like you said, inflation is, my goodness, some places it's. I mean, we're looking at areas thirty, forty, fifty percent increases in cost of living expenses, whether it's food or gas or you know clothing, whatever it might be. What's how do you determine as a city uh, to implement those increases and what they are? Sure. So, you know, we'll have an annual uh, uh, adjustment for for living wage increases. Um, And, you know, those are those are in tune with the consumer price index and a whole variety of other factors. But what's also really important to remember, too, is that. The city undergoes a constant revaluation of the jobs that we have, just like the private market does, mm-hmm. right? Or the private sector does, uh, making sure that we're competitive as an employer. Um, you know, for example, the city of Lincoln just uh, implemented paid parental leave. Uh, you know, for, for families that have a kid, now they are able to take their, their parental leave and actually get paid during it because we want need to be an employer of choice, a competitive employer in order to get folks in this labor market. I mean, it's no different than the private sector is experiencing right now. We're all in a fight for talent and we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to get that talent. Um, the city's no different than any other employer. Mm-hmm. The city employs about 1900 folks. Um, and so we need to make sure that we get that talent. I mean, we, Almost had an issue with our city pools this summer, trying to keep them open because our lifeguard situation, we're paying lifeguards $15 an hour. Those are usually, um, I say kids, but, you know, right. high schoolers, college college kids that are working summer jobs. Um, and, you know, $15 really wasn't, we struggled. We right. struggled to get those positions fill, filled because those kids can go work fast food. They can go, right. they can go work retail. They can, you know go work at a host of places and make more money. Um, And so it's always a balance and it's always a fight to try to make sure that we're getting uh, the talent that we need, even if it's, and I'm not talking necessarily, you know, the, the planning director or, or what have you, I'm talking about lifeguards, Mm -hmm. you know, we need everyone, we need all folks. And so we're constantly doing revaluations or evaluating pay to make sure that we stay competitive all right let's uh, let's move on to public safety obviously i've seen in the news uh that we've got a lack of meeting our maximum of what we'd ultimately like to have for the lincoln police department yep. as far as the numbers i think we're down about 27 officers which includes uh 10 recruits that are coming in uh where are we in that process uh and where you know where's the priority in that because obviously public safety we've been here in the news today we were just talking about all the uh 
the it just seems like criminals out there now are just more bold than they have been before and just openly you know um committing crimes and obviously we want to make sure that we're safe and and you do too i mean that's yeah, the city absolutely. we live in absolutely priority so, number 1 yeah so where are we at in the process with LPD yeah so you know public safety just like you said is priority number 1 and that's unwavering um, you know, the, the city of Lincoln has budgeted for a number of years now for police officer roles that we've been unable to fill. Now, this is not unique to the city of Lincoln. Uh, it's happening across the United States. Almost every major jurisdiction is having problems filling these roles, too. Um, you know, once again, it's a it's a it's a competition for talent. But also, you know, um, our, our public safety officers, our police officers have also um, taken a lot of heat over the last couple of years. And so there are people who have been reluctant to join that profession. And that's that's unfortunate. But we need to continue to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to recruit these folks. So the city of Lincoln has moved a whole host of dollars into additional advertising and, and um, uh, recruitment efforts. Um, but also one of our main focuses right now is not necessarily recruiting new folks um, to the police department, but looking at other departments around us to try to say or to try to hire uh, lateral positional mm-hmm. moves. So, you know, there's a lot of folks in the Midwest that, um, you know, when they come to visit Lincoln, Lincoln's an attractive place to live, right? It's an attractive place to raise a family. And we're pretty cost competitive uh, when it comes to the hiring salaries um, of our our police officers. Uh, and so right now, a lot of the recruitment efforts are actually going into um, people that are already working in law enforcement and saying, hey, would you ever consider Lincoln, Nebraska? Because we have a fit for you, we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we think we can be pretty competitive on that field. All right, uh, hold that thought. It's 518. We're talking with Chair of the Lincoln City Council, Tom Beckius, uh, on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 3KLAM. Let's go back to that uh, real quick. Um, do you have a deadline then? I mean, we're looking at 27 down, uh, officers wise, that could, you know, that we need, or at least that is projected that you want to fill. Is there a deadline for that process? I mean, have you guys, you know, set out where we want to be at certain, you know, mile markers down the road? You know, we, we, we haven't necessarily said we want to be here by then, right? Um, now, simply put, if, if we got enough quality candidates, we would have those roles filled. There's money sitting there to pay for those individuals. Um, and we want those roles filled. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But on the other hand, uh, we're not going to jeopardize or lower our standards in order to get people into those roles either. Uh, like I said, you know, this is a recruitment challenge that that many departments across the nation are are facing. The last stats I saw, I think we're uh, we're doing a little bit better than Omaha in terms of their open positions and whether or not they're filled um, in terms of their budgeting. Um, and so um, it's a continuous challenge, but one that we will continue to try to tackle left and right. With every, you know, with every ounce of, of will that we have, um, because like I said at the very beginning, public safety is our number one focus at the city of Lincoln. Yeah, I, I agree. So good. And it's good to know that the funds are there. You're just yeah, ready to they're roll. there. They're yeah. there. What we need is qualified applicants. Uh, and, and I won't be shy, you know, as I speak to your, your listeners right now. If you've ever thought about a career in law enforcement, we want to talk to you. If you, you know, have friends or family or, or kids that don't kids know, growing up, yeah. kids growing up, they don't yeah. know what they're going to do or they just graduated college or, you know, they're looking. We want to talk to them. 
I, I won't be shy about that. Well, that's good. All right, uh, let's move on to, let's touch upon the Oxford houses. I, this was brought to my attention um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, that you redid some zoning and work with Oxford Homes. What are What is an Oxford house, number one, and what is the zoning process for that, and why is it important? Yeah, so so we have Oxford houses, and we have Michael houses, and, and, and generally speaking, what these are are sober living houses. So um, folks that are 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 trying to uh you know maintain their sobriety but want to live in a group setting for that court that sort of peer support network that a, a lot of um mental health advocates and addiction advocates think are are really important um you know and basically these are these are houses where where people can live together to try to maintain their sobriety as as a team sort of support system um in the city of Lincoln we did not have regulations regarding this type of housing up until a couple of weeks ago when we passed new regulations to help protect neighborhoods um, because these types of of living arrangements sometimes can be a stressor Mm. on a neighborhood and we know that Um, and we want to be sensitive to that um, because you know this is a different dynamic than just your 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 average family living next door to you right um, and so we wanted to get some rules and regulations in place to try to corral this this type of um, sort of newer living arrangement. But, you know, it's easier said uh, than, than done because we're also dealing with a whole lot of federal law, federal case law, what have you, because people who are in recovery, who maintain their sobriety, are actually protected by the American with Disabilities Act. And then we have issues of fair housing as well. So we have federal programs um, uh, case law, um, a whole host of rules and regulations that we have to abide by as well as, as trying to implement this successfully within our community and, and offer those kind of protections that neighbors have said that they want because we hear them and, and, uh, you know, we want to be able to respond to them appropriately. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, we want people who are making steps, right. To, uh, get sober, to, um, you know, change their life in a way that's productive for, uh, the city. We want that to happen. And, but also then, like you said, then how do you, how do you house that in a neighborhood then that might be fearful of that, may not understand that. Um, you know, there may be troubles that come along with that. It sounds like, um, going through this process that you're actually being proactive when we look at, uh, from an LPD standpoint, proactive and putting some safeguards in place to help the neighborhoods yeah that that's what we're trying to do now the the balancing act right of all of this is that other cities have tried to do the same thing across the united states you know we're not the first who's trying to do this but you know what can happen and what often happens is that a city will get sued for trying to implement these policies because they um may be infringing upon um a right that a court mm-hmm. has said that um these folks have i mean it's a, it's a tricky balance it's definitely a balancing act and um you know like i said easier said than done well, you, you've been busy. I got on the, I got on your website and watched a little bit of, of uh, yesterday's uh, meeting that you had. And man, you guys go. It's just one thing after another thing after another thing. I'm Makes like, your head spin, right? Yeah. How do you keep, you know, how do you keep balance of all that? So I tell you what, if you'll hang around, I've got a question about, um, I think the mayor has a new, um, local food program that I want to talk about before we close things out. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Tom. We appreciate you being here. It's 524. You are listening to Lincoln's number one. News and Talk Station 1400 and 99.3 KLIN.
listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It is 528. Uh, I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for Dan for the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening in. I want to thank Debbie for calling in. I passed your question on to Tom, um, the chair of the Lincoln City Council. Tom Beckius is in the studio. And we're going to wrap things up here, Tom. I've got a question for you. The mayor just came out with a new local food program. Can you give me some specifics about that program? Yes. So that pro- there you go. Got to get him on. I got Beautiful. Johnny over there working phones and everything. So, uh, so yeah, that that program actually covers a, a whole host of stuff, ranging from making sure that people in town live close to a grocery store. I mean, s- stuff as simple as that. I think probably most listeners have probably heard of the concept of a fruit a food desert. Uh, making sure that people live close enough to to a grocery store to get to to a grocery store. How do we incentivize or, or make things easier to make sure that that neighborhoods have grocers easily accessible to them all the way to how do we how do we get uh, more local food production Mm -hmm. to occur Um, not necessarily in lincoln but around lincoln lancaster county but that could include you know food plots in people's backyards as well Um, anything related to that um, you know it's a it's a it's certainly not a replacement for how we eat today, right? I mean, I think that 90% of food comes from, um, or is imported um, to most folks. You know, that's that's how agricultural works today. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly not a replacement. But, you know, how do we become more resilient with the food that we have? And how do we kind of feed that a little bit more into local restaurants and try to make local food a little bit more accessible to folks? Right. And supply chain, I think 2020 showed us <laughs> once the supply chain's disrupted, then there's a big problem. Right, right. And we can't have that. Nope, can't have that. All right. Well, Tom Beckius, thank you so much for coming in, the chair of the Lincoln City Council. Appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Looking forward to hopefully we'll be able to work together again soon. Anytime. Thank All you, right. Doug. You bet. Well, coming up in the second half of the show, we'll be talking to Nanette Gingry, who is uh, doing some amazing work with her staff at the Nebraska College Preparatory Academy at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I had some time to spend with them today, which is really great. Get this. Nationally, only 11% of first-generation college students coming from a low-income background graduate from college. But the Nebraska College Prep Academy has got that rate up to 85%. And we're going to find out how in just a couple of minutes. Um, Up next, we'll check in with Fox News and then KLIN News. You are listening to 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's 536 in Lincoln. I'm Doug Fitzgerald. Different voice today and for the next couple of weeks, filling in for Dan, who is across seas, uh, at least, well, not yet. He's in, and what Johnny says, he's in 
Chi-Town from yeah, Windy City? Yeah, he said his first connecting fight was in Chicago. Yeah, so, so he's he's trying to hop on he, over there. He'll and then he's flying there. straight from Chicago to Amsterdam, so <laughs> it'll be a crazy over overnight flight for him tonight. Curious to hear from him on Friday. He will uh, he will attempt to zoom in, and we'll try to get an update and see how he's doing. Which is crazy, because it'll be midnight where he's at when he comes in on Friday, or comes on on Friday. True. So Well, we'll see how we'll see how dedicated he is yeah. to the show, if he can get up that early. So, All right, well, earlier today I had the privilege to spend some time with and work with the staff at the Nebraska College Preparatory Academy at UNL, which was really fun. I had a great time there. I was so impressed uh, with the impact that they're making on our youth today and future generations that I definitely wanted them to come in and share this story because I didn't know. I didn't know all that they were doing to impact the next generation. So in studio today is Nanette Gingry and Abel Covarias. Covarius. I knew I was going to mess it up, Abel. It's all right. It was pretty close. You, you, Covarubias. There it is. See, <laughs> well I, done, I, I tried phonetically to spell it out, and it just did not work. So they're both from the Nebraska College Preparatory Academy at UNL. So welcome both uh, to the show. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you. You yeah, bet. That's great. Well, let's uh, let's start out, uh, Nanette. Why don't you talk about just your you know brief story and how you got involved with the, with the academy? Okay. Well, um... I had started, I started a business. I had my own business and I, uh, kind of let that go and took a little sabbatical. And then I thought, you know, I, I would like to explore some other options and see how I can contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the ad for a wellness counselor to actually work with the population up in Winnebago, Nebraska on the reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's neat. That was, that just hit my, hit me in my heart because my dad actually lived on that reservation uh, really? when he was very young. Uh, I do have native blood. And so something in me said, you know, just apply for that. So, uh, I was fortunate enough that they hired me and I've been working up at the reservation. I'll, it's going to be five years in a couple months. Um, and also, uh, I am the um, supervisor for our clinical team because we have other therapists in other schools, and we can talk about the schools that yep. we're in and, and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. really intriguing. So, yeah. all right, Abel, how about you? Right on. Uh, well, i first like to say I think we're very grateful to have Nanette. That travel up to Winnebago is not easy from here in Lincoln, <laughs> two hours there and back, uh, four hours total, right? So very grateful to have her, especially for as long as we have. Um, you know, I think my story is unique because I get to also share a little bit of history of the Nebraska College Preparatory Academy, NCPA. Um, NCPA actually started back in 2006 in Grand Island, Nebraska, um, and I was actually a part of the original cohort that was selected to participate really? in, the por- in the program. Yeah, so, um, you know, my story goes way back, I think, with the Nebraska College Prep Program. So I was a part of that first cohort, uh, getting to experience just what is this program? How are we going to develop it from, you know, this ground up foundational level and, and create a program that's going to continue to serve future generations? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I was very fortunate to see the inception, what was NCPA when it first started to now where I'm at, right? And so uh, went to the program, did all the high school requirements throughout those four years, decided to come through to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and graduated within the next four years. Um, after graduation, I actually took up a position with a bank software company here in in, uh, in Lincoln and just didn't feel, you know, fulfilled. Did some great experience, great traveling, but 
fulfillment wasn't there, and that was a, it was a struggle for me. And so I ended up actually reaching back out to my advisors, who are a part of the Nebraska College Preparatory Academy, and they had let me they had let me know about a position to be a recruiter for Nebraska. And so I initially started recruiting for Nebraska, going out and talking to high school seniors about college you know, how to prep for, for school and things like that. And then in 2019, had the opportunity to uh, apply to be a part of the Nebraska College Prep Program and now serve and in, in be in a, a staff role. And so I've been very fortunate since 2019 to be here and getting to kind of go out and visit all these different locations that we get to serve. So you're a product of the program, yes, sir. which is really, really cool. That's exciting. And the other thing that really got me going is, you know, what I do with One Shot, One Life is we tell people and encourage people to, I, uh, a friend of mine says, I push them off the cliff. And in other words, if your heart's calling you to something, check it out. Go for it. And that sounds like exactly what you did. So I can just tell just by the way you're talking how fulfilled you are and what you're doing. So I'm proud of you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I wrote, uh, read the stat earlier in the show that nationally 11% of first-generation college students coming uh, from a low-income background graduate from college. But what you guys do through the Nebraska College Prep Academy is you've got that rate up to 85%. Let's talk about what you do. So what is the program? How does it work? And how does it impact our youth? Yeah, so I, I can jump in on that question. I, I Like I mentioned, I have the privilege of getting to travel out to these different locations and getting to support our students at the high school. Uh, our program does start uh, eighth grade. We recruit our students beginning eighth grade and, and with the intentions of, you know, these are going to be the students then we are serving the next four years within the high school. And during that time in high school, ninth grade through 12th grade, we are there just helping them understand, you know, what does the transition look like from eighth grade to ninth grade? And then what do, what do we need to start learning as students, as individuals to start prepping us for? For that even bigger transition to college. So, how do you identify the students? Uh, there, there's certain criteria that we do have. Uh, you know, to be a part of our program, to be eligible for our program, you do have to be a first generation low income student. Uh, a part of that, we do look for academic ability, talent, uh, have some leadership exposure. Character is heavily important. Making sure that we are presenting our best selves to ourselves, uh, to us. Uh, and then with that, you know, their students are going through and submitting a formal application. So they do have a general application that they are completing. Along with some essays, you know, that first essay, that college essay that you wrote, you know, what does this mean to you? What would, you know, having college, things like that paid for, uh, how would it impact you? Those type of questions. Uh, parent, guardian, family support is incredibly important. So we also ask about that that support and then kind of a letter of recommendation that would complete then the formal application for a student. So when you have these students then, Annette, um, when you have these students that go through this process and they're in the high schools, mm-hmm. what is your ultimate goal for that student? Well, to prepare them for college and um, you know our we have a financial promise so NCPA promises to pay for their college mm-hmm. uh, if they adhere to our criteria we have our three pillars knowledge character and commitment um, and so there are certain things that they need to sustain and do during their high school career to move on to college and so um, we have a college access program where we do certain things to help uh, more the upperclassmen, like completing the FAFSA, uh, getting all those financial documents together, um, and moving them through different academic milestones. My major role in my school um, is as a mental health therapist. Every school has a mental health therapist on the team uh, because we know that there can be things that interfere with academic success and students performing at their best. And so um, 
we work with the students in that regard to ensure that um, they're healthy. And I, the goal is to get them to college and to get them through college successfully. Mm -hmm. But I want to give them skills for life. Right. And to really build them up so that they're going to be successful in college, in their careers, and in life. Do you walk with them then through college as well? Not just high school, but... I do the high school. We do a transition to the college. Mm -hmm. And then we have a team on the college side that uh, supports them. So they they are really wrapped around with a lot of support. Bell, high schools, um, there are several that you serve here in Nebraska. Let's talk about those. And, and I'm intrigued about how you're like in those schools integrated you know you're here helping those students face to face absolutely yeah so we are fortunate to be in four schools here in nebraska three school districts uh omaha school district we are in omaha south and omaha north magnet high schools uh up in winnebago winnebago public schools and then grand island and so grand island senior high um and and in those schools, we do have particular staff members that work out of those schools. So like Lynette mentioned, we do have a wellness counselor, and this is a licensed wellness therapist who is able to practice this, right? And um, each one serving a particular high school. Uh, we also have then what we refer to as a program associate, and this would be your point of contact. If parent, guardian, student has any questions, this is going to be the individual that knows all things program-related, mm-hmm. events, whatever that might be, right? Uh, and then on top of that, we also have a couple of teachers. We have two uh, teachers who have the ability to serve during the school day out at uh, Omaha. And so those teachers will offer the college access, the wellness seminars, those type of deals during the school day. For Winnebago, Grand Island, that works a little bit differently. That's more over the lunch hour, after school hours, but nonetheless, they are also getting that same seminar period, that same information that those Omaha students would be getting. Now, even though you're not here in Lincoln High Schools, um, you're um you're at the university, correct? I mean, that's kind of kind of where you work from or through. How does that work? Well, our offices are in the admission mm-hmm. building on campus, um, but we a lot of us work remotely. Right. You know, I travel two three times a week, and um, the other therapists up in Omaha and the therapists in Grand Island, as well as program associates. So, yeah. um, but we make sure that we gather back together. Uh, you know. We have Zoom meetings. We come together in person, you know, and uh, support each other. That's what we did today. Yeah, had a great time working with your team for about an hour there. I know. That was was great. Yeah. You know, I I would add, I think our... The importance of being on campus also helps out with just our on-campus partnerships. Yeah. The admissions office is very important there to make sure that we're partnering with them, getting students the admission info, application info, the FAFSA stuff, making sure that we're connected to the scholarships, the Office of Scholarships and Financial Aid, just to ensure that and we have the knowledge, the information to make sure that we're getting these kiddos into the door and, and like Nanette said, getting them out there with yeah. that degree. Yeah, it's 547. We're talking with Nanette and Abel from the Nebraska College Preparatory Academy on 1499 3 KLIM. Let's talk about some results. How how have you impacted students, both high school and college students? What do your numbers look like? So since we've been in 2000, uh, since we started in 2006, um, I don't have the exact number, but I know the stat. We've had 100% placement of our students who have gone through our program who have pursued a post-secondary education. And so that is either they going to a community college or they coming to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Um, you know, and no doubt we want to support and get our students here to Nebraska. We have this amazing financial promise. And because of some of the things that our students are achieving, they're coming across some other amazing uh, opportunities other at other locations and so um, but nonetheless it is amazing to say that 100% of our students 
who have gone through our program, completed requirements, have then been placed at a, play, a, a second post-secondary education institution. And these are youth who are the first ones in their family. Yeah. to go out there and get that education. How amazing is that? That has to be so so fulfilling for you. Oh, yeah. And parents, you know, they're so invested. And it's exciting, but it, it also can be, you know, intimidating a little weight on our kids' back, right? Sure. Because there's a lot of expectations sure. there. Yeah, yeah. But it's very exciting. We had our first Winnebago cohort graduate. Oh, wow. From the university. So very exciting. So all the way through and through college and graduate. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, um, funding, how does the funding work? Because do you take care of like tuition and that type of thing? What what do you do? And then how do you, I'm assuming you raise funds or where does those funds come from? Yeah. So funding is very unique. Uh, Each one of our locations from the high school side of our program, even to the college side, we have uh, amazing support from private donors, from grants, from even state funds. And so from the high school side, we have a number of of small grants, grants from Sherwood Foundation, from Equitable Bank, State Farm, Peter Kewitt, who all kind of in a small way or another support us in making sure that we're getting the programming and things out to our students. One of the things that we, it is very important for us, any sort of event that we're programming, uh, transportation, food, and something that we want to make sure that the student isn't worried about and making feel like they have to take care of that. And so with those private donations, it's definitely something that we're able to do. Um, we also have some u- unique grants as well, like the top teen outreach program grant that's through Wyman. And that kind of has some specific requirements that we have to go through. But nonetheless, it offers us again, the opportunity to reinvest into our students and make sure that they're getting the tools that they need to kind of be sure. successful while in high school. Uh, the college end, we are incredibly fortunate to have the Trenchard Foundation who supports our students financially while at, at UNL. And that's the way that we are able to go through and offer this financial assistance where we are covering their direct cost of attendance at the University of Nebraska. Nebraska Lincoln, um, you know, estimates will range there, there around, uh, but on average, it's about twenty five thousand per academic year for wow. these students, and mm-hmm. and that's a, a promise that um, is also available for the next five years. There's a lot of scholarships out there that might be only available for a first year or even four years, but this is something that does consider, you know, there. First generation, low income, traditional way to graduate isn't always that four years. And so this fifth year does offer kind of that opportunity to navigate that a little bit more. A generational impact. I think that's what we all want, a generational mm-hmm. impact. And that's what you're having. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, funds, um, you know, you're always open, I'm sure, to receive funds as well. If there's our listeners out there saying, hey, you know what, this is something that I can get behind and really help and support. I'm on an uh, advisory board of a local um, school, K through 12 here in Lincoln, and it's so rewarding to know that you're making a difference. So how can people uh, help out or get more information about what you guys are doing? Well, go to our website, ncpa.unl.edu. Um, there's a lot of great information on there, uh, personal stories, success, mm. success stories yes. of students and everything. Uh, and then there is a button on there to make donations. There's also contact information. Uh, Steve Hill would be the person to talk to if you're wanting to discuss, you know, maybe something a little bigger and ongoing. So um, that'd be the easiest way to do that, yeah. Is there a story that comes to mind of a student that uh, just really impacted you? There's a lot. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the one I think that comes to mind 
right now is of a, a young man right now. I won't share any names, but a young man mm-hmm. right now who's up late, actually up in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and he's got an internship right now with Ernest and Young. Um, and this was uh, actually a, an internship that he'd been working on for the last year or so. Um, you know, one of the things that we really help our students get exposed to is networking and making sure that we're addressing kind of the network poverty, that idea that these first generation students might not have those individuals in their circle who can mentor them towards a professional, uh, professional role. And again, this young man, we took him up to an end of the year trip last year where we went up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, celebrated our students. But during that time, we also reconnected with some of our alum who are up there. And one of those alum so happened to be an executive out there at Ernest and Young and he and him connected, kept that connection over, the entire academic year and actually into the spring, not even summer yet, he kind of came into our office and let us know that, um, you know, hey, I kind of got an internship up in Ernest and Young, very excited <laughs> about it, looking forward what do I do next? Right. And so <laughs> co- combo is still going. He's re- reached out to us. Um, what's even awesome is, is that, you know, the coordinator for that internship reached back out and just said, Hey, just wanted to give you a quick shout out about this young man. One most best dressed individual, but also the questions that he's been asking have been incredible, very intelligent, engaging. Um, and, and, you know, this has been an individual that I got to meet ninth grade and getting to hear it and understand his story. And there were some big decisions that he had made for himself and decisions that, you know, he felt that if I had made uh, the other decision or other the other direction, you know, I don't know that I would be here. And so he's been one that, you know, like you said, transformative, been been going through the generations and have been kind of changing this. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's amazing to see. And I'm incredibly excited to reconnect with him when he gets back out here in the in August. Yeah. <laughs> well, one in five of your students um, pursue graduate or professional degrees. Um 3,276 have received Gilman scholarships, and you have so far helped, at least from what I'm seeing on the stats here, 150 uh, college graduates to date, which is pretty cool. So thank you so much for coming in. Um, Again, uh, where can people get information? ncpa.unl.edu. Awesome. All there. Well, thank you so much, Abel, right. Nanette. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate that. Get in touch with them. They're doing a great work um, for students in the next generation. I just, like I said, I got to see it firsthand, at least from the staff perspective. And by the way, how many staff members do you have? Approximately. Oh, about 12. 12, yeah. 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 So you've got yeah. a lot of people working for you, making the difference. So, yeah. All right, way to go. Well, thank you so much again for coming in. We appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks for thank you. Us. You bet. It's 555. We're going to take our final break here, then we'll wrap up the show. You're listening to Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. It's 5.57. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for Dan for the next couple of weeks. He'll be back in here uh, before you know it, at least hopefully, at least as far as we know. um, He's in Amsterdam. Uh, and then he'll be in Ireland, and then he'll hopefully be back in Well, the he scene. will be in Amsterdam. Will be in Amsterdam. <laughs> he's in so. Chicago or somewhere. I'm guessing he hasn't flown out of Chicago yet. So He's hopping across the country. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have our good friend uh, Amy Holman come in from Stop Overdose Nebraska. We're also going to have Paul Yates come in, good friend as well, uh, from I've Got a Name. Here's the the thing. I think that, you know there's a movie out there. Johnny, do you remember the name of the movie? Um, I, I don't. I, but about human trafficking? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that but in lincoln nebraska alone 300 young girls and women are sold for sex every single month and in nebraska i think it's close to a thousand and that problem is here in our backyard
backyard. And Paul Yates from I've Got a Name is going to come in and share more of that uh, story of what they're doing to end sex trafficking in Lincoln and in Nebraska. So definitely stick around for that. As far as weather, man, we didn't get to talk about this much, but it's going to be great through the rest of the week. Um, I think uh, it doesn't look like any rain. It's going to be a high around 80, 83, 84, and 82 through the week throughout uh, Friday. And then this weekend, we're going to heat back up again. So uh, again, air quality advisory through tonight. So um, be careful of that smoke coming down from Canada. Yeah. All that smoke coming down there. So Johnny, uh, as we finish out things here, you know, the mega, whatever it is, the big mega millions, they're reaching a billion dollars yeah. for the prize, the Powerball. Yeah. Um, and that, that drawing is going to be, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday. What would you do with a, with a, with a billion dollars? <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, I'm billion. assuming it all comes in shifts and the little things is I'm going to try to be responsible and do the smart things like pay off my student debt and my car and everything first and then i'll still irresponsibly what are you gonna do no, oh irresponsibly yes. oh man <laughs> it's like well traveling is is up there and then i'm gonna probably make a bunch of stupid purchases knowing <laughs> me so <laughs> oh i have a feeling some of those will be revolving around pro wrestling oh so. yeah, that's an understatement <laughs> <laughs> right well hey well thank you so much for tuning in today if you want to check out the, the recording of this show you can check it out on our website klin.com thanks for listening we'll see you tomorrow afternoon